In today's show, I'm going to be joined by the host of Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman, and we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks from a, uh, a local perspective. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We've already done the Milwaukee Bucks fantasy basketball preview show, so go and check that out if you haven't seen it already. Now we're going to talk from a local perspective, from an NBA perspective, of what things we can expect from this team. And we're going to be joined by the host of Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman. You would have heard me and Kane speak plenty of times. Locked On NBA, I was on Locked On Bucks last week. We used to host Locked On AFL together, and Kane is going to be on uh, and, and talk about the Bucks coming up right now. All right, let's bring him in now. The host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, Kane Pittman, is here with me. Kane, welcome back. Always a pleasure. Always good to hang out. Uh, you know me. I love talking fantasy basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a big big fantasy basketball guy, but that's not what you're here for. You're here to tell us about the Bucks, Kane. And you're also here to, uh, to tell us how excited you are for a Bulldogs-Geelong grand final in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I mean, listen, my weekend as far as Australian football goes was probably a little less stressful than yours, <laughs> yeah, but we're little. both still alive and uh, you got to be in it to win it, as they say. A little, a little less stressful. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't easy getting to, uh, getting to sleep on Saturday night. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it uh, that much. Uh, it was a little heart pounding, but we're through. We've got four teams left. We'll see how we go next week. Uh, both our teams playing you Friday night and we're on Saturday night. And we'll, we'll see how it all goes. We're here to talk Milwaukee Bucks though, because majority of people have no idea what I am talking about. Let's <laughs> let's get into talking about this, Kane, with all the guests that come on. The first thing I ask them is, what is your projected starting five for opening night? Yeah, so we briefly spoke about this uh, as we were sort of planning this show, discussing what we were going to go through today. Uh, you, you can see on the screen for those watching on YouTube, uh, it's Dante DiVincenzo slash Grayson Allen. So you can lock in four guys, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday. That's easy. I When I messaged you, I said Grayson Allen. You put Dante DiVincenzo down. I think if you assume full health for Dante DiVincenzo through the season, then he will be the guy that will come back into the starting lineup. I'm predicting that Grayson Allen is going to start the season. I could see a case if someone wanted to make the argument that it could be someone like Pat Connaughton who gets rewarded for having a fantastic postseason. I think I'm going with Grayson Allen to start. Yeah, I can't see them not going with Grayson Allen. The the trade that they made to acquire him seemed to be basically we just want you in here for this role and then to slot into it to a bench role after that. I could also see Kane if... Dante takes a while to come back and then ease his way back in that he stays on the bench for a big chunk of the season. Maybe he doesn't get back into the starting lineup straight away. Maybe it's you know February, March as they you know, push towards the playoffs. I think their best lineup will have Dante in it, but it won't be necessarily... He's not Giannis. He's not Drew Holiday. He's not Chris Middleton that when they come back, they're just straight back into that role. They might ease him back in, especially if Grayson's like hitting his threes at 40 plus percent and, you know, and clicking with that starting unit pretty, uh, unit pretty well. It's been spoken about a lot, but he played sixth man through college. Uh, certainly, his first couple of seasons in a year, he uh, in his career, NBA career, he was coming off the bench as well. So it's not like 
that would be an unfamiliar role. And quite honestly, from you know speaking to him, everything he said along the way, I don't think it would be a role that he would really mind either. Coming off the bench, he knows he's still going to get those minutes. And it is one of the interesting questions when we, if we look back, I know we're looking ahead, but Dante DiVincenzo started all season. PJ Tucker came in and played an important role. What would have happened if Dante DiVincenzo wasn't injured? I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I could see it going either way. But at this point, we don't really have a timetable for Dante. So I think it's safe to assume it's going to be a, a fair portion of the season with someone else in that starting role. And let's look now at the bench rotation. So let's assume you we've got Dante starting, so we'll put Grayson into this bench rotation. But you know, who else is around here? Because there is a few weird sort of options um, in terms of guys that they can use in a 10-man rotation. Your know, Budenholzer, we know one of the criticisms of him in the past has been perhaps being a little bit too liberal in terms of a rotation or, or spreading minutes out. But how do you see that bench lineup sort of looking? Well, big upgrade at backup point guard, George Hill. If you think about the guys they had last year with DJ Augustine, that didn't work out. They backed out of that free agency signing very quickly, and then Jeff T came in. So George Hill obviously is going to play big minutes, health pending. He didn't play a lot of basketball last season. Don't think he was overly satisfied with his time in Philadelphia, but he comes back to a familiar situation. Uh, he's got history with, with Bud, so he'll play a big role, there's no doubt. And then you've got Grayson Allen here on this list. Again, we think regardless of whether he starts or comes off the bench. He's probably going to be a 20-minute player, we think, just based on on the rotation. We have Pat Connaughton, and we know he had a, a big postseason there, shot the ball really well in the playoffs, which is not something he's done previously, but he's a great rebounder, particularly on the offensive glass for, guy, for a guy at his position. And then Bobby Portis is the curious one for me, Josh. I don't know how you sit on this. So right now, he's really the only big man they have coming off the bench, but they do uh, did acquire... Uh, Semi Ojale, who is a guy who has played a high percentage of his minutes at the four in, in Boston anyway. So is he a guy that slots in to that position or do you just look at the rotation and say, well, you've got Giannis, you've got Brook Lopez. It doesn't really matter. It's not a huge uh, point of need for this team to have backup fours and fives. Yeah, look, it is an interesting one because you know, Ojale has been a guy that's played a lot at the four, but there are times when his offense is so bad that he is unplayable. So I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what they're doing. They do also have... In terms of yeah, pure centers, there's nobody else unless they do decide to keep Mamadi Diakiti. They still need to make a roster cut. I believe they've got 16 guaranteed or non-guaranteed deals, so it's probably him or uh, Elijah Bryant who loses that that last spot. But given the lack of centers, maybe it is Diakiti who is able to to keep that spot there. I, I do think Portis will play majority of those center minutes. I think he is better as a five versus as a four, and they do have other guys that can fill in around the floor. Like Connaughton can push up if need be as well and play in that position, and an Ojale, as you've mentioned. The interesting one, they did bring in um, Rodney Hood, who struggled last season pretty significantly coming back from his Achilles injury. Um, I don't think that he's ever going to get that value or that form back, but is there a rotation spot for him there perhaps early on while Dante is out, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I guess it depends where the expectations are for what you think you're going to get from Rodney Hood. So we remember back to those post-seasons he had with Portland. He looked fantastic, but he was playing a pretty prominent role. That's just not going to be the case in Milwaukee. So is there a resurgence or a renaissance for him as a three-point shooter that just stands out there, uh, can knock down and catch and shoot, uh, can can make the easy pass, the extra pass? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but again, with with Ojale and then Rodney Hood, a couple of guys that I wouldn't have thought would be high on people's free agency lists heading into that period, but the Bucks picked them up and maybe are just hoping to see if they they strike a bit of gold there um, with, with Rodney Hood. But 
yeah, he's let's say he's no Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles. Can we can we confirm that? I think we can. Uh, I think we can confirm that <laughs> Rodney Hood does not equal Kevin Durant. Kane, I'm glad I had this product with me last Saturday night watching the Bulldogs take on the Lions, and that is sweat block because I was uh, I was under an extreme amount of. Uh, anxiety and pressure for someone just watching a game on TV but sweat block it, it covered me I didn't have to be worried about how much sweat was dripping down my body as I was uh, intensely watching the TV it is the doctor created and doctor recommended product that helps reduce excessive sweating you may have seen it on Rachel Ray you may not have you might have heard it on this podcast but if you haven't already tried it get amongst it because if you suffer from excessive sweating all you do with these sweat block wipes you wipe them on at night time before you go to bed have a snooze, wake up the next morning, have a wash, off you go to work, off you go to school, and you're covered for up to seven days. Maybe if you're a really, really heavy sweater, you've got to put it on twice a week. But it's not an everyday thing. These are stronger than most clinical antiperspirants out there. Doctors created it, doctor recommended. They also have the dry shirt guarantee. So if it doesn't keep you dry, get your money back. What a bet- There's no better deal than that. You can find these on Amazon. They've been there for ages. You can find them in CVS stores. But if you can save 20%, I'm sure you'd want to do that, Kane. If you can save 20%, you always want to save 20%, yes? Yeah, whether it's footy finals or we're heading into summer here in Australia, dry shirt guarantee, sign me up for that. Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you can save 20% off your order. You won't find a better deal than that. So go to sweatblock.com and find that deal. Now, if you are you're saving that money and you're looking for a way to put your knowledge to the test, maybe Stat Hero is the place for you. Because do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You are going against so many different people, not to mention the experts who have more tools, more time, more expertise. So Stat Hero is here for you. It is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. You know what they are playing, so you can build your team around that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up free, and right now, you will get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. On Kane. Injuries. We've touched on it already. DiVincenzo, what was the actual injury with Dante? It's been really weird. There hasn't been a lot of information about this. He had some ligament damage around the ankle there, but it wasn't. It, there wasn't a, a clear incident. It wasn't uh, exactly something that, that we expected to prop up when it did uh, early in that series against Miami. So uh, I think he's probably benefited from the fact that he got this injury. The Bucks were in the middle of a postseason run. Everyone forgot about it. He's scooting around on the bench on his little scooter. And now it's the offseason and no one has a, has really a chance to get an update. So it's been a bit of a mystery. The best I've heard is uh, is, a, is around Christmas time um, would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good bet, though. Yeah, so look, it is. It's impossible to find any information about what the injury was, what the expected recovery was, where he is. Now, we'll find more about this in the coming weeks when training camp starts. Mm. But at this point, we're expecting him not to be. Now, I hadn't heard that Christmas day. That is, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's two months into the season. And then we're going to talk about you know, ramp-up times for DiVincenzo in, in returning back and getting back with back-to-backs and limited minutes. So it could be a situation where, as I said earlier, you know, heading into February before he's fully back taking that role that he, that he had last season or even you know, looking... Yeah, I would have hoped that this season, without the injury, he could have expanded on that role that he had last season. That seems pretty unlikely, though. At uh, at this current point, given uh, given where we given where we sit with uh, with this injury and this team, now some questions I have for you, Kane. Is there any worry about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton after their Olympic journey? They played obviously all the way through to the end of the NBA Finals and then hopped on a plane, went to Japan, played in the Olympics. 
is fatigue a concern um, and how will Bud deal with that potential fatigue? Is there going to be more limited minutes or, or more rests built in for these guys? Yeah, I would think that they're probably going to be fatigued. I mean, for all that it was spoken about last season about Miami and Los Angeles that went straight into the uh, the 2021 season, the Bucks still made it to the second round. It's not like they had a long break uh, there as well. And then, as you said, they've rolled through a long playoff series and straight to the Olympics. So I would imagine they're going to have to be a little bit careful. The one thing that I think, or one lesson that I think the Bucks would have learned from last year's championship run, and yes, there's a little bit of luck there. There always is. But the fact that they didn't have the number one seed, they were never really in contention for the number one seed. They didn't have home court advantage through the playoffs and still found a way to win. So I am a little bit curious to see how they manage minutes. Last year, Bud came into the season saying, you know, Giannis kind of pulled me up and said, I need to play a little bit more. I need to be more prepared for the postseason uh, from that from that sort of fitness standpoint because he didn't think that he, they were playing enough minutes in, in seasons gone by. So they did bump it up a little bit. I'm wondering, particularly early in the season, if it winds back, the Bucks have got a super heavy road schedule through the first two months of the season. And then in January, they, they play, I believe it's 17 out of their 24 games at home in January and February is a heavy home schedule as well. So I'm wondering whether the first two months they, they ease into it and then after Christmas, they start to build towards the postseason. So I, I don't think that that's um, at all a, a situation we might uh, might see play out there, Josh. Yeah, look, I think you're going to have to say this, especially for those two guys who did play that extra bit of basketball heading through uh, into the Olympics in uh, in early August there, so that their off-season has been uh, reduced. And I guess I wouldn't say that the urgency is lower, but the fact that they won the title, they're not going to be like, oh, man, you know, we've got that extra pressure. We really need to go out there and win this. They, yeah, yeah. That's that post post-title let down not exactly but you can feel a little bit of like we've banked a bit of credibility here that maybe we can just go easier to try and give ourselves the best chance without having to push like crazy people um to, to get that title yeah i agree with that and i i mean they should be tired shouldn't they oh, i you, mean you think so <laughs> we, we watch the olympics and we've heard sort of drew and chris or drew in particular speak about you know the parade happening and then having to leave the parade quickly to go pack and then jump on this flight that was you know Milwaukee to Seattle and Seattle straight to Tokyo that within 24 hours Drew Holiday is playing 30 minutes uh, for Team USA so yeah they, they should be tired and uh, and and look they're not they're not super young either I mean that's the thing about this Bucks team you know with Holiday Lopez Middleton they're not super young guys so I, I would imagine they would want to be a little bit careful. All right, next question for you, Kane Jordan Wara. We talked about Rodney Hood keeping that role maybe or getting into that role while Dante is out. I deliberately didn't mention this bloke's name because I wanted to talk about him now. Jordan Warris shot like 46% from three, I believe, last season. Was really filling it up in summer league with high usage. Is he ready to take on a regular rotation role or is his complete um, uh, indifference to the defensive side of the court perhaps going to keep him out of that role. Do you think that'll be a legitimate battle for him to get regular rotation minutes against like a Hood or an Ojale in that spot? Well, I like the way you put that. Uh, I think I think that was that was very clever. And look, I, I think that's the biggest problem with him. You know, interestingly enough, I, we had, well, I, I spoke with, with Chase Buford, who was the coach of the Wisconsin Herd. Now he's heading out our way, going to be coaching Sydney. And he said that Jordan last year actually was really suffering with a number of sort of niggling injuries across the season that wasn't really spoken about. It wasn't really mentioned. It held him out of the G League bubble. So he did have high hopes that he was going to come back healthy this season and be able to impact the rotation. 
The problem for me, you mentioned the defense. You look at the guys he's going to have to push out of the rotation. So, you know, even if you forget Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, you've still got Pat Connaughton there. He's not going to play ahead of Pat Connaughton. And then you have Thanasis, who, well, if you want someone that is putting in high energy on the defensive end, then Thanasis is your number one guy in the entire NBA. So I do think the problem defensively and his inability at this point in time, and he's only a rookie, to contribute on that end is going to hurt him a little bit. So I think he's a fair way back, but his ability to score, we saw it with Nigeria in the Olympics. Um, he, he can he can really fill it up and he can really, really shoot the ball. So if there's an injury or two, there, there could be a window open up for it. Last question for you, Kane. Um, we spoke about this on Locked on Bucks a little bit last week. Giannis has constantly had this, well, actually not constantly, recently had this problem with his free throws because he was at one point mid-70s free throw shooter about three or four years ago. Um, it's dropped way off. His volume is way up. And for fantasy, that, that kills that kills his value and it kills his overall ranking numbers and it can skew the way that people view him. We did see in an NBA Finals game where he shot, what, 16 of 18 from the free throw line. Um, we saw some improvements. We also saw struggles with him you know, having 10 seconds expire on shots and you know, really seeming to get in his head there. We can look at that and people will often find examples and evidence to um, yeah, further what they want to happen. They'll go, oh, look, Giannis has figured it out. He's done this. He's shot 16 of 18. It's going to improve. What what sort of level of confidence are we having in Yanni becoming a decent and average free throw shooter? Well, particularly in the playoffs, he only really needs to get to 75% and you're you know potentially getting yourself four to five extra points per game. So it, we're not asking for a huge jump here. And it's really been the playoffs where it's dropped off uh, the cliffs, which tells me, and you can imagine, I mean, we talk about free throw shooting. My, my co-host Frank Madden is a Giannis stats. He just loves Giannis stats. So he's he he dies inside every, with every Giannis airballed free throw. But so we've discussed it a lot, but it does appear that it's mental, right? I mean, when you have that, that much of a drop off in the postseason, it tells you that there's pressure, there's anxiety, which makes sense. So for him to go through the 10 second violations, as you mentioned, uh, the hit free throws, on the road to get the Bucks through to the game six and then and have the performance he did. It has to feel good. He can't be in a more pressured situation than that. So, I mean, the answer is who bloody knows. But I would say that has to be a, a, a decent way to try and break through the mental block that he's clearly struggled with throughout uh, throughout his career. But he's been up in the 70s during the regular season. And, and, and honestly, I think he would take that. Yeah, look, if he can get to you know, 74, 75, like, that's a huge win for people playing fantasy as well because it doesn't become just this complete disaster on that high volume yeah. that he takes. So let, let's see. Look, he's he, he's done it in the past. He's done it a couple of times here. We saw that, that big playoff game. So it's not completely outrageous to think that he can become back to being at least an average free throw shooter. We, we hope that he can get there anyway. Kane, before I let you go, I've got to ask you the question that I ask people to come on this show. Do you know how to fix your own car? Um, I, I absolutely not. Thank you. I, I reckon the first five or six of these I did, everyone's going, yeah, yeah, I, I bought this part, Rock Auto, and I'm putting it in my car. Yeah, I was just actually doing it on the weekend. I go, am I the only one who doesn't know how to do it? We're getting a nice we're getting a nice run here of people who have no idea how to deal with their cars. But if you're the person who knows how to fix your car, why would you bother? And you probably don't, but why would you bother going to a local chain auto parts store? You know that there is a better option out there, and it is rockauto.com. Why would you spend 30, 50, 70, even 100% more on the same parts when there's just so many different options available. So go to rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been online serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. 
Whatever you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto has you covered. So go to rockauto.com right now and find all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you're ready to check out in their How Did You Hear About Us box, write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Kano, I reckon we're going to... Um, we're going to wrap it up here, unless you have any pressing thoughts on Sandro Mamakalashvili or Georgios Kaladzakis. Anything to say on those guys? Well, we didn't even mention Mamu, and I can't believe it. This guy was was really entertaining to watch He's here in Summer League. He's fun. He can pass the ball. He can handle the ball. We spoke about the Bucks' lack of, of big men. I always say this. If you're a fan of a sports team, there's nothing that gets you more excited than overhyping a draftee or a young talent and getting to watch them come through. So I'm on the Mamu train. Let's see if he can get some minutes because he, he he looks awesome. I'm yeah. into it. I think he's all right. I think he's all right. He's going to be very, very interesting to watch. I'm pretty excited to see him get occasional minutes and just see him play for, for Wisconsin as well and see what he's able to yep. do. For the Herd, Kane, of course, any Bucks news, you'll have it covered for us all over on Locked on Bucks throughout the week. People can go find that wherever they find podcasts and they can find you on Twitter at Kane Pittman. Kane, uh, good luck. Good luck for Friday night. Good luck for the Bucks season as well. Just trying to survive, Just. Just trying to survive. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.